Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Good evening and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us. It is already, if you can believe this, it is already Wednesday, March 6th of 2019. Where has the time gone? Adriana, how are you doing today? Hey, Reverend Michael. I'm good. Trying to stay dry over here on uh, this coast. Feeling like it's Miami. Oh, so our co-host Adriana, as as some of you may remember, is is joining us from Los Angeles. So um, yeah, yeah. So it's raining out there. You know, it's the craziest thing. I was told the weather here is always impeccable by many, many, many people. But it has rained more times than I would say the month of July in Miami. Isn't that wow. crazy? That I is know. crazy. It, it is. I mean, everyone says, that, you know, it's, this isn't usual and you know, there's a lot of, I guess, mudslides and, and and flooding here, which is obviously after the fire that they had. I mean, it's the complete opposite. But but we're we're getting through. Okay. And and here uh, in the meantime, you know, we we haven't had much rain at all. I know. I see. It's beautiful every single day over there. Impeccable weather. So when are you coming back? <laughs> Actually, I am coming in two weeks. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pop in there for a week. Oh, perfect. So we'll yeah. we'll have you we'll have you live in the studio, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. That'll be great. Perfect. Perfect. So you know, so much has gone on uh, since our last show, and um, again, I, I don't even know where the time has gone because it's already it's already March, like. January and February seem like a big blur to me. So I know, same. And and I'm excited about today's guest, um, and uh, and she is anxiously standing by. So let me tell you a little bit about Diana Guzman, uh, who was born in Cuba and moved to the United States when she was just 15 years old. Uh, as a single mom of two, she pursued. The American dream by putting herself through college, graduating with a bachelor's degree in psychology from Barry University and a master's degree in mental health counseling from Nova Southeastern University. She's a master's level certified addictions professional and a registered mental health counselor intern. Uh, She's also an educator and currently teaches as an adjunct professor of psychology at Barry University and ASA College. With several years of experience treating addictions, trauma, and mental health disorders, Diana believes in developing a trusting therapeutic relationship with all of her clients. She's an advocate for women's freedom of expression, their ability to enjoy simple pleasures, and their right to embrace a sexual awakening. She's been writing poetry since she was 15 years old, using it as an outlet to express herself while exploring themes of femininity and sexuality. She's often inspired by a single word, a phrase, or an image, which she births into a full expressive poem. Diana uses poetry to stand up for women and to encourage them to use their authentic voice, seeking out their own personal freedom to know who they really are. She believes in allowing our feelings to be fully felt, to be embraced without judgment, 
no matter if they're good or bad, pretty or ugly. Diana's book, Raw, was published in September 2017. I've had an opportunity to review the book, uh, and it aims to break down the stigmas and barriers surrounding women. Diana believes that no woman should have to pick and adhere to any label that pleases society, but rather every woman should get to embody everything they feel and are meant to be. So quite, quite the intro for Diana. And uh, and we're going to bring her. Diana, how are you this evening? Hi, guys. I'm awesome. How are you? All Hi, right. Diana. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And, um, you know, Diana, you and I are here in South Florida, and uh, my co-host Adriana is in the fabulous city of Los Angeles. Nice to be here with you guys. Yes, well, thank, thank you. you. We're, We're excited to be with you. Of course. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. So, so Diana, um, you know, there there's so much to talk about, right? Um, let's let's kind of let's kind of take it back to kind of what shaped your thought process as as a child, as a, as a as a young as a young girl, you know, and and coming here from Cuba uh, at the age of 15, there had to be some events and ideas that kind of shaped your thought process into, number one, wanting to express yourself uh, via your writing. And, and I, I'm actually a poet also, and uh, we, we definitely share that in common, as well as, of course, you know, our, our passion for mental health. And, um, so I want to talk about kind of what shaped that that process for you um, expressing yourself through your writing and as well as, you know, what brought you into the field of mental health. And then we'll we'll kind of springboard onto onto your book as well. Yeah, um, that's a great question. Actually, I've never been asked that before, so I'm really happy that you asked. Um, people usually jump into the book, and the reason why I wrote that book and the reason why I do what I do and I am who I am today is because of that girl that came from Cuba. Like, you know, I was 15. I had I had a beautiful childhood, but also um, a lot of trauma and things happened to me when I was little. So coming here by myself, I had no one here except my father, who I met actually when I came here, um, he left Cuba when I was two years old, and I never saw him again until I came at, at 15. Um, I mean, I was faced with so many challenges, and mental health fell in my gap. Like, I wasn't really planning on, on going for a psychology degree. I actually wanted to be a firefighter. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Oh, wow. And I okay. did go to the academy three times. Um I became an EMT, actually, and I'm, I still hold my license, even though I don't use it. But I went to the fire academy three times, and I failed the physical test. I kept failing and failing, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And um, because of everything that I was going through emotionally at the time, I was extremely, extremely depressed, suicidal, had a lot going on. 
And I was like, you know what, I might just go to school for psychology and maybe I can get myself a little bit. Maybe I can understand what I'm going through a little bit. Um, Never thinking of helping other people, never thinking of doing anything other than help me stay alive. And that's how it all started. And throughout the entire time I was writing poetry, I have a lot of poetry, even though I only have one book published, I have a lot of poetry that I've written throughout the years. And that's how it all started for me. Wow, and um, yeah. and and you you talk about having having been through trauma, being depressed, being suicidal. Um, do you wanna do you wanna talk about that? Um, sure. Um, so I went through very traumatic events when I was. Uh, a child, um, sexual abuse, and then as an adult, I also um, experienced rape. And because I learned at a young age not to speak about those things, I, um, you know, when when it, it happened again and I was raped at 23, my choice at the time was to keep it to myself and not talk about right. it and pretend that it never happened, which a lot of people do. I mean, we're in this field, we see this a lot. I treat a lot of women that that's what they do. It's just a pattern. And it's a defense mechanism. We do it because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want people asking questions. We just want to forget about it. And that was the worst decision I ever made because imagine, you know, a buildup of resentment and anger and feeling uh, it was was just not a pretty um, experience. And I got, like, really depressed very self-destructive behaviors, very unhealthy relationships in my life. And it kept, like, escalating. And even through my four years in college studying psychology, it did help, but it really didn't help me. I mean, I was able to rationalize and, like, really understand some of the things happening to me, but it really didn't take the pain away. You know what I mean? Like it was really just learning, like book learning, like, oh, okay, so I get this and I get that, I get, you know, what I'm feeling and but it did not take it away. So I I was suicidal, I tried to kill myself at twenty four. Luckily I didn't, I survived, so here I am. <laughs> I'm very happy <laughs> that, you know, I made it. Um, and this is why my calling today is to talk about this issue and to claim my sexuality back through my writing, my poetry, and to, like, talk about the things people don't want to talk about. Like, people don't want to talk about um, traumas like that, like rape and, and sexual abuse and, and even sex is a taboo this day. Like, like you know, what I write, like um, erotic poetry. Um, so one of my biggest passions in life is to definitely redefine what it means to be a wild, which is, you know, these are the things that I think call my entire life. Wild, you're so crazy, intense, um, free, mm-hmm. woman. And so I want to redefine what it means to be wild, crazy, intense, and free as woman. And be able to step into all my roles. Like I have like five, six different women in me. I'm all of them. <laughs> They're all real. And I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, so I feel like I feel like 
as part of growing up and transitioning from like you know a little girl to a young woman, I feel like there is some portions of sexuality that get a little diluted along with being i guess having it be something to be shameful of and something mm-hmm. to embrace, so I do feel like in in that scenario when you do you know start to get to know yourself and your body and you know when you start flirting with guys and i feel like there is an unsaid story that does that never gets touched up on on transitioning to being in touch with your sexual self because it's always kind of more put on the shameful side for women at least um, you know, growing up, I remember the first time hearing in uh, in middle school a girl that had sex, and it was just like the whole school kind of knew about it, and looking at her, it was like everyone thought a different way of her, and the guy obviously was completely the opposite. So I do mm-hmm. think it is something that um, is not touched up on enough, especially in that age range. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that, you know, that that's a really good point, Adriana, because, you know, I think that, um, you know, we, we can talk about kind of cultural and societal norms. And it's right. like, you know, if if there's rumors about a female going around the college campus that, you know, that she's had sex or you know, she's, she's uh, pretty promiscuous, let's say on campus, then, you know, she is, she is labeled a certain way. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, take it for that same campus and you have, you have a guy who's, who's on there, um, you know, who's doing the same thing, who is, you know, sexually promiscuous throughout, throughout the campus. And all of a sudden, you know he is a star and and mm-hmm. he is you know he he's you know getting uh, recognition all over the place i mean we've we've seen that happen so many times um and you know and it's horrible it, it it's really horrible i mean what what do you think causes these different perspectives if you will I mean, we definitely live in a society that is biased. And like you were saying, we train as women, we're trained to be a certain way, to be accepted and loved. And and we look for that validation by, by being a good girl that is it, just, you know, saying the right things and doing the right things. And, and in, that, in that process, in my experience, we lose our identity. Like we become something that we're not. And... Imagine, you know, everything that you were just saying, what Adriana was saying, um, for victims of rape, people that at some point they lost, um, you know, their voice um, and somebody mm-hmm. took advantage of their bodies and they did whatever they did and there's a lot of shame and guilt and, and now, you, you know, you're living your life based on, on that experience. And a lot of women don't even, and men too, they don't, they don't get help. They don't, they don't go through the process of healing and and that journey, which is a very painful, long-lasting, I, I believe forever, because I'm still in my journey, um, uh, process. So uh, for me, my biggest breakthrough was actually 
believe it or not, like publishing my book, I've been writing erotic poetry for a long time, but publishing that book and owning it was my biggest breakthrough after all the therapy and um, workshops and retreats and everything that I've done. Publishing that book and telling people, yes, I am the author of Flaw, and yes, I am a school professor, and yes, I'm also a mom, and yes, I'm also a um, therapist, and, and not feel any shame because, you know, my story is out there now. People know that I, I was afraid. People know that I was suicidal. People know that I was sexually molested as a child. And they're like, yeah, and yet you are promoting sex. And that's not right. the point. The point is that, you know, I'm promoting honesty. Like, the way I see it is, like, you know, telling the people you love, in this case your partner, what you want, what's in your mind, and, what you know, how you feel, is the foundation of love. But yet we don't right. do that as women because we're scared, like, oh, he's going to judge me, that I'm too much, you know. And then we get lost in, the, in that, you know, process, and intimacy is lost because of it. Right, and so we and, and we're going to lose intimacy, but but instead, you know, we're losing it by not being honest. You can't right. be intimate and, if you're not being honest. Right, and, and I think I think it's kind of a a two pronged problem as well because I think you know women need to feel comfortable in in sharing their needs, you know, particularly sexually. They need to feel comfortable in sharing those needs. And likewise, their partners need to feel comfortable in hearing it and being able to respond to those mm-hmm. needs. Right. You know, so, yeah. so the, the, the relationship really has to be one where there is a foundation of communication. There is a foundation of trust. You know, I, I do mm-hmm. a lot of work with, with couples, both premarital and postmarital. And, you know, I always try to explain, you know, about the importance of the trust, the communication, and the intimacy all being kind of at the foundation of the relationship, you know, and, and I try mm-hmm. particularly when I'm, working, when I'm working with my grooms, you know, I try to get them to understand that, you know what, the woman needs emotional intimacy and mm-hmm. once she has the emotional intimacy, she will then want to have the physical intimacy. And of course, you know, guys are wired differently and guys want mm-hmm. to have the physical intimacy first. And I do believe in many cases that after, after physical intimacy is established that the men feel closer to their partners emotionally but there's there's got to be a, a a meeting point in the middle so that there is the emotional intimacy that's established for the woman because i i believe that you know that's and of course you know both you um diana and and adriana you know you're female so you can tell me whether i'm whether i'm at being accurate or not but you know, women will generally feel uh, much more sexual once the emotional intimacy needs are met by their partner. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 
I mean, I definitely think that there is almost, I want to say, a science to it because I know I have, you know, studied that the the act of being intimate and sexual with someone, it does release a chemical that makes you feel love, the, the chemical of love, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, there's definitely some science behind it where it's like, and, and I read this quote, I don't, I don't know where, but it was like, men give, um, they give sex for love and women give, I'm sorry, men give love for sex and women give for love. Mm-hmm. So yeah. essentially we're both interchangeably looking for the same thing. You know, we both want you know, the intimate side of it, but we also want the emotional side of it. But I think for men, it comes backwards for women. And it's funny because I I promote always, you know, if you're going to be intimate with somebody, wait until you really establish something that has a foundation. Because otherwise, when you get intimate with somebody, you might think you're in love with them. You might think they're for you. But really, it's just the action of the moment that's making you think that these chemicals, you know, are, are a little bit, putting them in a, in a rose-colored glass scenario um, where you think that they are the partners that you want to be with or you're in love with them. But I think a lot of guys say that we weaponize sex so that we can get love. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I think it's just a healthy balance of, of the two. Diana, I'm sure you're more in tune with the psychological part of how each thing plays out in it. Uh, I mean, I've heard that quote before, and everything you were saying uh, about the chemical, too, I read about it as well. I mean, definitely the brain part of the sexual energy. And um, I'm more, like, open as to, like, definitely you need to have a connection. I mean, I need to have a connection before I have sex with a guy. I definitely need to feel connected in some level. Um, And when it comes to respect, um, I always tell, because I always, people ask me all the time, is it okay to sleep with a guy on the first date? Like, I always tell them, I don't know. That's up to you, you know? Like, what, what do you want to create at that moment with that person, and what are you committed to? Um, but uh, one thing when it comes to respect, I believe that, you know, the respect, we, I mean, everybody deserves respect, but when it all comes down to, like, do you demand respect from, you know, the person you're dating or seeing in a way, or do you... Um, show up in such a way that the sex is already there, no matter what you do, even if you sleep with them on the first day. I slept with, you know, with a guy on the first day, and we became, we, we had a relationship for a year, and then we became best friends. So um, it really had nothing to do with the sex. The sex was there. Um, mm-hmm. And some people, you know, unfortunately, some men will respect you, and some men will not respect you, no matter what. You can sleep with them, you know. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm dating this guy, and I waited, like, like other people told me to wait five weeks before I sleep with him, and I did, and I got to know him, and we went out, and we talked, and then I slept with him, and now he's being, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, it didn't work, it didn't work, I'm like, you know, it's not about waiting and playing that game, it's about connecting, and Again, being intimate and being honest and being authentic. Right, and and also, right, and and also communicating expectations for the relationship. Yes. You know, kind of like back in the back in the day. You know, back in the day when when 
a, a male asked, you know, a, a girl to uh, to go out on a date or, you know, to be their girlfriend, you know, quote, unquote. Um, you know, we, we've kind of lost that in that, you know, I think as adults, people meet, they go out on a few dates and mm-hmm. they're still not sure. Because I, I know I've spoken to single friends of mine. And, you know, yeah. and, I, and I'll always ask, oh, you know, you know, are you dating? And it's like, well, you know, I met yeah. someone. We're kind of spending time together. We're, you know, we're seeing each other, uh, not seriously. And it's like, well, what what is it? How, you know, how do you define the relationship? Like, what what are the expectations mm-hmm. that you guys have discussed? And what I find is that in many cases, they have not had that discussion and they really don't know what the relationship is. And, and as a result, you know, one person may think it's one thing and the other person may think it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about, the stigma and shame and not being honest and authentic. Um, For women, I, I know my experience with my own clients and even myself at some point, it's more like, well, but I don't want to be too direct. I don't want to ask that question or this question. He's going to think I'm this or that. Or, and and that's, you know, again, it's a shame. It's like, I think he's going to judge me. It's going to think that I'm moving too fast. Instead of just like, I've learned, I'm 41 years old. I've been through a lot. <laughs> I'm like really extremely direct. I'm like, this is what I'm up to. This is what I want. Right. What do you want? And then, yeah. You know, sometimes I'm open to not getting everything that I want at the beginning, but I'm flexible. I want to, I want to get to know the person, but I'm extremely honest. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you think I'm too direct. I don't care if you think um, I, I just tell you what I want. I know what I want at this time in my life, and, yeah. and I definitely don't want to settle, so I get to know what you want. I'm making yeah. sure I if, think- if I'm willing to play your game. Right. Yeah, I think that you're you're 100 percent right, uh, Reverend Michael, because I do feel like two people can be in a relationship and have two separate definitions of what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody will say, yeah, I'm with, you know, X, Y and Z. And it's just kind of like a fling. And, you know, we hook up or, you know, whatever. And the other person might be thinking like, yeah, we're committed to each other and there's a future there. And I think. There's nothing wrong with both scenarios, but the only issue there is the non-communication. So if there is a scenario where two people are just being physical with each other, which, by the way, I believe being physical is very different from being intimate, but if they're just being physical with each other and that's what they want from the person, that's okay as long as it's being communicated because the other person needs to be on the same page as well. And the same thing with the other side of things, if somebody is with someone and they're feeling it's going in a more uh, longer term direction or it's on a deeper level, I do think it needs to be communicated so that the other person as well is, you know, for their own sake to know that the other person is on the same page as well. But also just make sure that, you know, that they do feel the same way because otherwise both people are just really wasting their time and essentially going towards a direction where one person is going to get hurt. So I do believe that, you know, it is 
it, it, it is in the wor- world now where the relationship term doesn't get established with communicating. And I do feel like if there were more couples to talk about, you know, what they want from each relationship, there would be a, a lot, either less time wasted or feelings that are spared, you know, and, and people can make decisions based off of that conversation that would be had. Right. That's a really yeah. good point. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm being authentic again. Like, I'm big on communication, like you were saying, Adriana, like communicating your needs and your wants and where you're at, but also being authentic and then, you know, make powerful choices. If you want to sleep with a guy the first night, hey, you know, and that's what you want and you know you're committed to creating that, go for it. It's no right or wrong. We, you know, as long as you get to own that and be okay with it, that's fine. But like right. you were saying, yeah. both being on the same page, and and we, I don't see that happening a lot lately, like with couples, with, you know, my clients, even in my relationships. Um, I mean, friendships, family relationships, I honestly believe that, like, being authentic and communicating is the foundation of every healthy relationship on the planet. Like, you cannot have yeah. a healthy relationship if you're not communicating and being authentic. Right. I do believe authenticity is so important because, especially if, let's say, for example, you do want to sleep with someone on the first night. There's nothing wrong with that because you're being authentic to yourself and how sexual, how sexually open you are and, and, and whatnot. But uh, it, it, it also gives you leeway to attract a person that's going to be cohesive with that. So that's why I feel like it's so important to be authentic because if you're not the kind of person that's going to sleep on the first date and you're going to be someone that's mm-hmm. going to, you know, be a little more conservative and whatnot mm-hmm. and you're not being authentic to who you really are, maybe, you know, the per- the guy that's going to want the girl to sleep on the first date, let's just say, and still take her seriously and then maybe thinks this girl is boring, for example, it's not going to coincide with what you're looking for if you're not authentic to yourself. So I actually have, I do know um, someone that has been married and had kids with someone they slept on the first night. You know, it's just, I think it's just a matter of, like you said, being authentic to who you are and just showing up exactly who you are, not being afraid of scaring people off because if you do scare them off, it's just not somebody that was meant for you. And uh, if there is enough of a connection, then, you know, it'll move forward. And if there wasn't, who knows, you know, if you sleeping with them or not would have dictated otherwise. Right. I, I right. love the way you, you said that, like, you know, attracting and um, sourcing, you know, the people um, in your life where you're at, in your life, where you want to create. So I, I honestly, I am big on the law yeah. of attraction. I believe that we attract our teachers, like, you know, people into our lives that are going to give us a next lesson, whatever that is. And and if we're not being authentic, then, you know, hence all the unhealthy, toxic, abusive relationships. And um, it goes also when we talk about boundaries, which, you know, sometimes we lack boundaries with ourselves and other people, in order to have boundaries and, again, healthy relationships, we need to be authentic. There's no such thing as having a boundary if you're not being authentic. Because then you're not being you. They're not dealing with you. They're dealing with somebody else. Right. So right. You pretend yeah. to be. Authenticity is, is, is key. 
and and how how, how do you uh so i'm going to pose this question to to the two of you in terms of how do you communicate to a partner what your what your needs are and what your expectations are both in and outside of the bedroom I mean, I personally think that uh, a lot of women out there, for some reason, I, I don't understand this, but I guess they would like to fake when they are having an orgasm or they pretend like it was good sex or not. I I don't believe in that because that is, you know, essentially not creating uh, an authentic version of what your sexual relationship is. So right. if it is in the case of that the woman isn't being pleased, because I do believe that that is most likely the scenario, or, or in most cases that is it, uh, rather than the other way around, um, because physically it's easier for a man to be pleased than the woman. So it really does fall a lot on the woman to communicate it. And I think I don't think it should be off the bat, uh, because I don't believe you should create the insecurity in the man from the beginning, but I do believe that it should be, you know, at some point brought up to where, okay, you know, this can be done a little different or I like this a little more or maybe just encouraging what you do like rather than bringing up more things that you don't like. And then, you know, making, making, it's important to make them feel comfortable too, because I don't think, I think a lot of guys pretend to be really secure and macho and all this, but a lot of them, I think at the end of the day, when you take it there in that subject area, they can be a little more on the insecure side or, you know, they, they're not as, um, you know, open to being receptive to somebody telling them that maybe this isn't done at their greatest. So, which is understandable, but that's that's how you know I believe that should be approached. Yeah, and and you make a great point because you know, look, I can remember years ago, like I'm going way back. Uh, Dr. Ruth, Dr. Ruth used to have her show, sexually speaking, and it was on oh, Sunday yeah. nights. All right, um, you know broadcast from from new york city i used to see her all the time have some great discussions Mm -hmm. with her um because she lived in washington heights she lived in my hood and uh you know she was really i'd say the the first the first one to really start talking about women's needs publicly she you know her show you know um she talked about you know, women, and and she talked about intimacy issues. She talked about sexual relations, and she really focused on women's needs. And and I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that she was the first uh, radio broadcaster to really start talking about it. Um, her show lasted a very long time. Uh, it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, she still. Now in her 80s, um, she's still going around the country lecturing and doing presentations. Oh, wow. And she really focused, you know, on 
on women's issues and and mm-hmm. and what that meant and and what it meant for a woman to be sexually satisfied what it meant for a woman to communicate to her partner you know what her needs were and she would she would actually uh, go into pretty detailed instruction on how how women should communicate with their partners, you know, regarding mm-hmm. their needs. And, uh, you know, and, and the information was well, well received by many. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure there were there were some, you know, that uh, that were totally against what she had to say, because you're always going to have the haters out there. But um but you know she she really she broke the glass ceiling in that respect and she's yeah. you know to this day a very well very well respected professional um you know i i would love Debbie to uh, has... sorry no no go ahead go ahead diana say that yet we still have such a long way to go you know, like, yes. um, as women, like, we get to break through, and um, as you were talking, I was thinking, like, you know, we're, we're human beings, but we're also sexual beings. We came as a result of sex. Two people have right. to have sex, so we can be conceived and born into this world, yet we don't embrace sex as something um, holy and, and something that really um, matters and, and, and that we get, and, and like Adriana was saying earlier, like men are more comfortable talking about sex and expressing themselves. And I don't even know sometimes if they do it in, in a constructive way. A lot of there's a lot of locker room talking between men and things like which is you know whatever they do they do. But for women, we should right. be able to talk about sex and ask for what we want. I know I do. I've learned the hard way and. At this point in my life, like I was saying, I ask for what I want. I have no, um, like I don't hold back at all. Um, I, I do it in a, in, in a nice, beautiful, loving, kind way, but I do ask for what I want. Um, and I feel comfortable doing that. But I do understand right. how uncomfortable it was for me before and how uncomfortable it still is for many, many, many women. Again, especially right. when I keep talking about victims of rape and, and things like that, because obviously that's one of my biggest passions is to help these women reclaim their sexuality because they lost it when you know that event happened. And for them, right. it's even harder to speak about that. Some of them like, right. never ever experience an orgasm again, or um, they, they're not even able to to dress sexy. I, I know I struggle myself. I struggle dressing sexy for a long time. I didn't want to dress sexy. I didn't want to show any skin. Like, I didn't want any men looking at me. And I right. learned that, you know, that, that was, you know, what happened to me. That was part of, you know, my thinking process, what shaped my, my framework and the way that I was looking at men and relationships and things like that. And because I'm wearing a sexy dress, that doesn't mean that any man has the right to touch me or um, violate my space or do anything inappropriate. But it took years of training, not only myself and learning, but my mind, because my automatic was like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's too sexy. No, I would not wear that. Um, thinking that, you know, yeah, I was provoking men to do bad things to me or be inappropriate. 
So there's a lot of stigma, a lot of shame, a lot of judgment, and we get to like like talk about it. Like I I tell people, we need to talk about this all the time, 24/7. We need right. to break the stigma. Right until yeah. everyone's comfortable. Yes, it's only yeah. fair. It's a sign. It's like we, you know, I don't know if you guys, um, if you have seen uh, Madonna's speech when she got the um, Women of the Year award. Uh, recently, I think it was last year, and she talks about that. She talks about you know being you and and like really stepping into that power and and, and owning your your femininity and your sexuality and, and owning that, being proud of it, and not being afraid that being a woman and, and stepping into that power, men are going to take advantage of you because they, they no, it doesn't work that way. Right. And and would you say, would either either of you say that this is a topic that women talk about with other women or is it still even kind of taboo amongst women to talk about? I mean, at least in my my group of friends, I it's very open and and I think all my friends are very true to that subject and we just you know, it is, it's part of conversation, basically. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that you should totally 100% expose your intimate life to your friends. I think some things should always be kept private. But it's definitely a subject that easily gets talked about within, you know, within my friends anyways. Right. And how about you, Diana? Not uh- – well, in my experience, obviously, because I do what I do, um, the topic of sex or um, all these things, they're in my daily routine. Like, my friends call me, my clients call me. I, I talk about it freely with, with people as well. I feel very comfortable. But I, I do want to say something. Like, in my experience, um, after I started, um, like, really owning my book and, and promoting it, I'm talking about it, I'm talking about these topic with a lot of people and going to other different um, outlets where they, they ask me the same questions, I got to say that I have received the most judgment from other women, which was surprising because I never mm. you know, um, did this before. But I realized that even when I do my, my you know, I, I got whatever, I write something, I put it on Facebook, or I record a right. video talking about uh, these issues. Women tend to be more like, oh, no, you know, um, too much or, like, more judgmental. And I know that they're scared and I know that they don't feel comfortable. I was one of them. Um, But I do believe we need to also come together um, and really embrace each other and embrace that basic belief that we had once. You know, I know when I was little we had it in school that we got each other's back no matter what. Like, we're women, we got each other's back, no matter what, we, you know. We live in a society that, for some reason, is trying to, like, put us against each other and, and this sense right. of competition and things like that. So it's really hard for us to come together, you know, as, as goddesses and, like, like, really put our forces and work Right. Together. Right. And, and I just want to... I just want to mention, you know, for anyone that may have uh, tuned in after we got started, we're having a discussion with uh, author and therapist Diana Guzman um, here in South Florida, as well as our co-host, Adriana Cavanas, 
who is uh, live uh, in Los Angeles. And we're talking about intimacy and women's issues. We're also talking about uh, Diana's book, Raw, which was uh, published in September 2017. Uh, it's a book on erotic poetry. And, uh, and we're talking about, you know, expectations in relationships and, um, and intimacy issues. So if, you're, if you've tuned in late and you're, you're catching a piece of the, of the discussion, you can always uh, listen to the show after, after the live show. You can listen. The audio is uploaded. Uh, just go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. Um, we have about 15 minutes left. If you want to call in with a comment or a question, you can give us a call at 929-477-1785. That's 929-477-1785. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to all those that have uh, been watching me on Instagram Live as well as Facebook Live. Uh, we're going to try to do that more often as well. Um, and, uh, and we're going to go back to the discussion now. This is awesome, actually. I can be doing this all day long. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, it, it's it's this is what we do. You know, uh, Adriana's in Los Angeles. You know, I'm here in South Florida. Um, I'm I'm having coffee, and uh, <laughs> you know, we've we've got people that have tuned in on Facebook Live. I was on Instagram Live as well. Um, now we're on Facebook Live. You know, we have people that are tuning in in their car, other people that are just listening, but they've called in to listen because that is one way you can listen to the show. Uh, and, and, you know, particularly if you're, if you're driving, that's a safe way to listen uh, if you have Bluetooth yeah. in the car because you can just, you know, connect to the show and just listen as you drive. So, um, so I want to thank, thank the listeners as well. Um, you know, uh, the the timing was really good on this discussion because uh, Adriana and I we've been talking we've been talking about this uh, yeah. for some time about this particular topic and uh, right. and wanting to introduce this topic. Uh, we had covered this topic a long time ago. Actually, I think it was before Adriana uh, joined me as the co-host. And um, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's again it's a topic that. We need to have daily discussions about this. Yeah. We need to have weekly discussions. You know, people Definitely. need to talk openly in their relationships. They need to talk about their emotional needs, their physical needs, their spiritual needs. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's incumbent. You know, I, I tell couples, when you're in a relationship, it takes two to make it work and it takes two for it not to work. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's one team. You know, it's not two separate teams. You're one team. So you're either going to win together or you're going to lose together. So mm -hmm. let's focus on let's focus on winning. And how, how, how do we win? Well, it's it's open communication. You know, it's it's being able to sit down, not feeling judgment from your partner, being able to share your needs, your fears, you know, your desires, all those things, being able to to share them openly and, you know, and it being your partner's responsibility to, to also share and to also 
try to meet those needs because, you know, it's one thing to communicate your needs, but then it's another thing to have those needs met. Right. So if, if you're in a relationship and you communicate your needs, but nobody responds, you know, if your partner does not respond to that, well, then that's not a good Mm -hmm. situation because your need is still unmet. Number one. And number two, your, your resentment is going to be that much bigger and greater because you say, well, look, I've communicated, I've communicated my need and it still hasn't, it still hasn't received a response, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that's even worse, you know. Right. And, and that's it, when we yeah. make powerful choices. Like that's an right. opportunity for people to be like, you know what, so this is what I need, this is what I want, this is what I think communicating I'm not getting it. So it's not about them. It's about you. Are you willing to stay in that relationship even though now you know? Like he or she is showing you who they are and what they're about. They're not giving you what you want. But it's up to you to walk away or stay in that relationship. And that's, that's a powerful place to be. You know, even yes. though we're not getting what we want, but we still have a choice. We always have a choice. Absolutely. Right. I, 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 I'm sorry. I just want to interject real quick, real quick. Sorry, Adriana, just real quick. I just want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to James Gregory, who's tuning in from Ireland. He's a newlywed. I've seen, I've seen some beautiful wedding pictures. Um, Former proprietor of uh, Maguire's uh, here in Fort Lauderdale. He's now in Ireland. Uh, We miss you, Jim. And uh, congratulations. Okay. Back to you, Adriana. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say now. Oh no. <laughs> hold on. I'm hold sorry. On. I'm multitasking me, me here. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. I'm getting it back. Okay. So what I wanted <laughs> to bring up, which I think is, <laughs> my memory is not that great. But so what I wanted to bring up, which I think is a really interesting topic on this, is. When two people aren't together and they think, and I've heard this scenario before, where they think everything is perfect, but when it comes to their intimacy or their sexual life, they are lacking. And I actually don't believe that this scenario really exists. And the reason why, and you and I have talked about this privately, um, Reverend Michael, when we were talking about putting together the show and the, the topic of this was, That essentially when you're missing something in the bedroom, it's really mimicking something else that you're missing because you can't truly have a connection and have all these other levels of connection and, you know, being being on on a great note with someone on, on a relationship terms on a deeper level. And then the only thing missing is the fact that, you know, the sex isn't there. I really think that people don't realize, but this part of a relationship is kind of portraying other parts also, you know, the trust, the communication, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the level of connection. So I think it's really interesting when people think that, oh, everything is there except for this. But in reality, you cannot have all those levels of intimacy there and not have the sex. I just, I right. just don't truly believe it is. I think that, that there, 
there is something that may be missing that is unbeknownst to the person that believes they're in a great relationship. But it, I do feel like your 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 sex life is a mirror of what your relationship is. So if you have great communication and you're honest and you're authentic and you're deeply connected, that's what you're going to get as a result in the bedroom as well. Right. No, that, I love that you're that, saying that's a, that. That's a, great, that's a great point. It really is. It is. And, 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 and yeah. um, I that I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, I was just going to say. Really, really um, quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say that that is a great point because I experience that with my clients sometimes. And one thing that I tell them is instead of, like, if we don't want to look at what's missing, how about we look at what gets to be added? So what can you add in your relationship? Because sometimes nothing is really missing, and they can't really pinpoint what's missing. Because, you know, they seem to have a pretty good, decent relationship. And I'm like, well, you think about what can you add to your relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit more going out or um, spending alone time or creating those intimate moments. What gets to be added? You get to add something so you can take it to the next level. So I Absolutely. Yeah, and and I I want to mention uh, Fred, who's uh, who's listening. Uh, Fred Ferriallo, uh sent a message saying, "Marriage encounter teaches you to communicate with your spouse and to do so by writing to each other, then have an open discussion about what you wrote to each other." And and he uh, he makes a great point. Um, mm. Hi Michelle, how are you? He makes a great point. Uh, because he, he's he's right on. You know, when I do mm-hmm. when I do premarital counseling with my couples, you know, I have them do a questionnaire. You know, nothing too in depth. It's 28 questions, but I have them answer them separately and privately, and then I have them, you know, send me the answers, and then we set up a meeting and we go over it and and you know and see where where the questions take us and where the answers take us. And that's so important, working on that foundation. And it gets back to what I said earlier about communicating the expectations in a relationship. You know, if you're, if mm-hmm. you're just starting out a dating relationship, you need to kind of set some parameters and, and, set, and, 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 you know, spell out what the expectations are. What are your expectations in the relationship? You know, is this going to be mm-hmm. a serious monogamous relationship or – is it just going to be really casual, you know, and, and make sure that each of you communicates what, what your expectation is and that you're in agreement because what happens right. and, and, you know, we've all seen it with friends and, and other people is that, you know, the relationship is one thing for one person and they take it serious and it's a monogamous relationship. The other person didn't feel the same and, and, you know, they were still continuing to date others. And then, you know, you find out later on that, oh, well, this person is still dating three other people. And you've got a problem on your hands. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so Absolutely. so it's really key to make sure that, that those things are, are discussed very clearly. For sure. Yeah. For sure, Definitely. and you know, and I think I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have this topic more often because it's it's like yeah. there's not enough time. There's not enough time. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Let's do it again. You know, Diana's going to be coming back on on the show here. Woohoo! I'm excited. There's so much more to talk about, you guys. Seriously, there's so many other things. Like, this is such a big topic. Like, we can break it down, and there's there's many things that we can talk about regarding the same um, uh, issues, and and I I love it. I'm telling you, I can do this all day long, even if I don't get paid for it. I don't care. I can just sit down and talk about this all day long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I definitely think. Go ahead, Adrian. I definitely think the barriers for women need to be broken down, um, especially because I think in a scenario where it is a long-term relationship, whether it's a marriage or uh, you know just dating, I think the women always give up their right to be sexually pleased so that the male feels good about himself. I think that that um, happens a lot in relationships, especially when they've been together a long time, especially when, you know, it's been the same person for a long time and women maybe don't want their men to stray or whatnot, so they conform themselves to be more pleasing towards them. And I think they neglect, and correct me if I'm wrong, Diana, because you have your clients that come to you, but I feel like they do neglect themselves in order to give this power to to the man so that they can walk away happy. But I think it's just as important for the woman to be happy because when you're at your happiest, it means you're at your best self. And when you're giving your best self to somebody, then it makes it that, much more fruitful and you know the other person as well is is going to be able to see your true colors mm-hmm. and you shining and be more attracted to that as well right everybody right wins. yeah no Absolutely. for sure for sure and and you know and, and it, it really is it's key it's key and again communication is key um we've got a lot of folks uh tuned in on uh, on Facebook Live, so I want to give a shout out to them. We've actually, um, you know, th- the show was scheduled from from six to seven, and um, we uh, we just did an override, and and the show is extended. But but I don't want you guys to feel that that you're stuck. You know, uh, I, I just uh, I was concerned that we were running out of time, and uh, particularly the live time. So uh, we've extended the live time. So um, even though originally, again, it was going to end at seven, we, we'll extend it a few minutes um, because, I, you know, again, I think it's it's such a such a, a vital uh, a vital topic to be talking about, and and it's worth repeating over and over again, and you know, mm-hmm. and for couples, whether whether you're married, you're dating. You're just seeing each other. I mean, there's so many different, um, you know, um, classifications, if you will, of relationships that I've heard, you know, from particularly from from uh, from my single friends. You know, when I ask them, Mm -hmm. oh, so, you know, I saw you with somebody the other day, you know, what's happening, you know, and um, and, oh, well, you know, we're uh, we're spending time together. Okay, well, what does that mean? We're spending time uh-huh. together. 
You know, I mean, uh, we've come up with all these different kind of designations and classifications of uh, of what it is, you know, to to be in a relationship. And, you know, um, so, again, I, you know, getting back to the importance of communicating with each other. What is your expectation for the relationship and what are your parameters? You know, if. If you want the relationship to be monogamous, then you can't you can't expect to to be with a person that doesn't feel the same way because it's not going to work. Right. It's not going to last, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we see that happen as well, where you know, um, Adriana, you're you know you're you're single. Diana, I, I believe you're single as well. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're out there on the front lines, right? (laughs) So, so so you're, you're, you're dealing with that. This is, this is, you know, this is your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, me as a person, I am very outspoken. So I, I do kind of lay the law down from the beginning, but I do have a lot of friends where they do hesitate to ask. And I have a hard time even understanding, like, what? Like, what? Go, say what you want. Say what you feel. What do you mean? Why Why would you hold that back? Like, tell them. Mm-hmm. Tell them this is what I require and this is what, you know, I, I'm looking for. Or is this something that matches what you're looking for? Or what do you think this is? You know, and whatnot. And, and I've had friends. I've had friends where they're being physical with someone and they're almost afraid to ask for more, you know. And I think that that equation is not I, – I, I personally believe that if you want to have long-term with someone in, in – in, this is just me personally. Everybody is different. I have to wait to be intimate with someone to establish something that's deeper and more fundamental for there to be long-term. So, you know, I have this friend now that she's sleeping with someone and it's kind of like, she's like, well, I want more, but I don't know how to bring it up, which I think can end up happening a lot of times when you do take that step with someone and you don't communicate even before you take that step or right after you do and say, you know, this is what I'm looking for. Is this what it is? And now, at least for my friend, she's been for a while doing this and she sucks. She doesn't know how to get out. I almost want to say, let me go and sit down with him for you and be in your body so that I can tell your friend be to your call me. Yes, exactly. No, I'm going to put a little microphone. Yes, I'm going to put a little, one of those like, like things in her ear where I can talk to her through it. But, but right. I, I just, I don't I don't see the point because you end up wasting time, you waste your time, you waste your emotion and you're giving your energy away every single time right. you get physical. You're giving your energy to this person. And whether you want that energy to just be for that moment, which is fine because you know people do want to just be physical with somebody to get that, you know, physical need out of the way which we all have. Or, you know, it could be someone that wants to put their energy into something that's greater than just a momentary pleasure. So I, I think, and, and look, there's a, 
two different scenarios, being physical with somebody and being intimate. To me, I define being physical with somebody is when you just strictly are, uh, you know, taking care of both of each other's business, if you will. And there is right. more of an emotional attachment to it. And then being intimate with somebody, like I said before, I think is more on a deeper connection. You're kind of mirroring what you have going on in life. You're you're combining two lives together and it's more, you know, it's more of a passion and, and a love for each other than it is just to physically please. But also, right. you know, it, it is physically pleasing, but it has a lot more depth to it. So, you know, I don't think one is worse off than the other if you communicate that that is what you're looking for. But, right. um, Again, if you're in the scenario where you're just giving somebody your energy and your body and you're looking for more, then I think it can be really detrimental to, you know, your mm-hmm. your emotional state of being. Right. And, I mean, and, and, you know, shame and, and judgment. I'm sorry. Um, um, like, yeah, like there's I mean, I'm, I don't know your friend, but I'm making up that maybe she's scared that she will get a no or a rejection or something like yeah. that. But really simple. It's like, hey, I want more. That's all you have to say. Yeah. What are you going to get in yeah. return? A yes, and yeah. no, or well, maybe, or maybe he tells you what he wants. There's only three things he can say, yes, no, or this is what I want. Uh, and then right. explain yeah. to you what he wants. That's it. And none right. of them yeah. have anything to do with her. It's what he wants, where he's at. It's not personal. But, and, and you know, I want to. I I just want to mention too that, you know, we're talking about you know communicating right to to our partners what our needs are, and and our expectations, and quite often, people themselves don't know what they want in a relationship. They're still trying to figure themselves out. So it's important that you do work on yourself and and defining mm-hmm. for yourself what are your norms what are the things mm-hmm. that you want you know what are the things what are the values that are important to you and and it can be as elementary as writing it on a pad okay and writing mm-hmm. things down and and being able to reflect i mean you know, it's kind of like Diana wrote this beautiful book, Raw, which is, you know, erotic poetry. And, and you know, on some level, that that's her expression. That is, you know, what was in her mind and her heart that has come out on paper. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing as individuals. We need to kind of put put out a, what our plan is so that when we do get into a relationship, we know what is what it is exactly that we're looking for does that make sense absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. 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 we can't sell out on what we want exactly i think a huge part of a successful relationship is knowing who you are you know because i think we concentrate so much on trying to get to know the other person and what do they like and what do but but you first have to understand you and what you look for and and what makes you happy and 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 I think that is neglected once you get into a relationship because it turns so much into the other person but 
but you have to be true to who you are and like like you said Diana not sell yourself out mm-hmm. right Which is very and common. like we're saying once you're in a relationship people tend to um start doing things that your partner likes and you start forgetting about you and, and who you are yeah. and what you like and what yeah. you stand for and and that's a huge mistake. I've learned that yeah. I get to be me, do me, and be in relationship with a man that is doing the same. And then we come together and we create whatever we create together. But I have right. my individuality. You have yours. And, you know, I don't have to like everything you like. You don't have to like everything I like. And that's that. And, and you know, we can still build something together. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, um, Diana, if folks want to want to order your book, uh, where can they get copies of Raw? Amazon.com. Type All right, Raw Amazon. By Diana Guzman, and it will show up right away. Right, and and you can order you can order a printed copy, and you can also order a copy mm-hmm. to be downloaded yes. to your Kindle. Yep. Yes. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And, it's uh, beautiful poetry. It's clean. It's sexy. It's yeah. romantic. I I think it it would be a great addition to every couple out there, even if you're single. Believe it or not, the majority of my fans are men. Like I get a lot of men that are reading my book, and and they really like it because they they get to you know learn about what we think and how we think and. It, and like Adriana was saying throughout the show, it's not only the physical part. There's so much to it. There's so much to sex than just the act of having right. you know, um, sex. There's so much to it. And, and it happens way before you get into that room. And that's Absolutely. what the book is about. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think couples should definitely uh, pick up a copy as well. And, um, you know, we're going to have to uh, – we're going to have to stock up on uh, – on copies here for our couples. Yay! Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, I would love that. You know, make it uh, mandatory reading. <laughs> yes. Do you it. know, as part as part of their premarital counseling. Let's do it. You know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll make it a part of their uh, their honeymoon package. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we can even do a workshop or some sort of um, gathering before they get married. Uh, you know, before couples get married, like some sort of like workshop or get together or poetry reading or um, questions or whatever. Um, I mean, there's so many things we can do to empower these couples. Or no, absolutely, married. absolutely. You yeah. you uh, you you hit the nail on the head. So we'll have to we'll have to schedule something. And we'll do it when, you know, at some point in the future when when we know Adriana's going to be in town from Los Angeles. Mm. So, so the three of us can, can facilitate a workshop for couples. I mm. think that would be mm-hmm. great. But, you know, if, if, if you're out there and you're listening, you want to get a copy of Raw by Diana Guzman. It's erotic poetry. Uh, as she mentioned, it's clean. It's not... You know, it's not dirty. It's you know, it's uh, it's 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 really nice reading. Uh, I think I think it's it's great reading uh, for a couple. You know, to read together. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, as you're as you're winding down from from a long day, 
and you're just chilling out, you know, don't get on your phone and start checking social media or news. That's just going to, that's just going to, you know, ruin, ruin the night. Pick up a copy of Diana's book, Mm -hmm. read it together and, uh, and enjoy it, you know, um, and again, there's so many, so many different areas that we could, that we could talk about, um, and we could probably talk for forever, right? Because this is an ongoing, ongoing topic, um, and and you know we've had more people join us on Facebook Live, and and we were on Instagram Live earlier, um, and if you if you've joined us and you really don't want to miss this show. So you can actually um, probably about 15 or 20 minutes after the live show ends. And we've, we've already gone into overtime as, as soon as the live show ends, uh, the audio is uploaded to the show page and you can go to the show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. And you can listen to the entire show uninterrupted and, um, and really, you know, uh, see all the information and the and the things that we've discussed here today. Uh, it's been a great show, uh, Adriana and Diana. Thank you both. Any any closing comments? Um, actually, yes. Men love, worship, respect your women. All of them, they get to be respected and worshipped. And women, respect and love and honor your men and yourself. Um, We need each other. We're meant to, you know, be in community, be together. So let's do that. Let's let's really love each other. Absolutely. And, and, you know, your, your partner, your spouse should, should be your best friend and they should be the priority first and foremost above mm-hmm. anyone else. Uh, and, and, uh, and then everyone else can follow, you know, but even, yeah. even when, even when you have kids, even when you have kids, um, it's important that, that you still keep your spouse a priority because I've mm-hmm. also seen it too many times where, you know, a couple, a couple may have kids and what happens is, you know, you know, the kids are, are in the house till, you know, 18, 20 years old till they're, till you kick them out or they go to college and, you know, and the kids leave and the couple has not had quality time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like, how do you make up for that lost time? You can't, you can't make up for that lost time. So don't have that regret. Keep your spouse, keep your partner first and foremost. Um, that's really key. And, and have uh, fun while you're doing it. Yes. Have fun and enjoy each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have fun. And, you know, um, I myself this past October, you know, uh, 20 years I celebrated with my wife. and. Wow. Uh, you know, and, you know, I try to treat every day like maybe not like it's our first date because that's really hard. But uh, <laughs> try to treat it like it's like it's amongst the first 10 dates, you know, where <laughs> where you're you're still really focused on each other. And um, 
and, you know, and keeping each other as a priority, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. so, so crucial and, and, and listening to each other and, and you know what, being able to, to even laugh at each other, you know, I think it's important, you know, sometimes, but sometimes my wife and I'll have a disagreement and, um, you know, after a couple of minutes, we may, we may look at each other and then just start laughing because it's so ridiculous, you know, and, and probably after about 15 or 20 minutes, you know, we look at each other and it's like, we don't even know what we were arguing about. You know, that's how, that's how ridiculous it is. So, so again, it's important. It's so important to, uh, to make sure that your spouse is uh, is number one first and foremost and and don't let anything or anyone come in between that special bond that special relationship mm-hmm. that uh that mm-hmm. you have you know that that really is key and again for all those that have tuned in um after you know you can listen to the whole show um in a few minutes after we end uh, the entire show will be available uh to listen um Go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful evening. We're going we're gonna to close out. I'm going to pick a song by Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan, who, um, you know, are, are in the United Kingdom. And uh, Danielle has actually been on this show, and uh, they're listeners and supporters of this show. Uh, both her and John Merrigan, singer, songwriter. Um, check her out, DanielleMorganMusic.com. You definitely want to follow her career. Uh, they have finally signed uh, with a promoter here in the United States. So uh, the music is, is coming from the U.K. You know, it's been here in bits and pieces, but now they're coming, they're coming full steam ahead. We're so happy for them, and they're so happy. So um, we're very fortunate on this show we get... We get first uh, first listen to uh, to many many of their songs, and we really appreciate that friendship uh, that we have. Um, any any other last thoughts, Diana or Adriana? Thank you, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys having me and um, being able to talk about these things. Like I am, I'm really really grateful. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thank you. you, Diana. Thanks for all your input. You got it. Anything from you, Adriana, before we end? Uh, On the subject, I mean, I just think it's really important, um, you know, to always make sure that you take care of yourself, to to look at your own self-development so that then you can go and take care of somebody else because, you know, first you have to be whole in order to apply yourself a relationship or you know a deeper connection and once you do get there with somebody it'll be that much more um, fruitful because of the fact that you are a whole and you're not just looking for someone to complete you so that I think is uh, my biggest takeaway on my experiences okay wonderful so uh, so again it's it's been a great show I think you know the the whole issue of of relationships and intimacy um, is really important. It's important that, uh, that we continue to talk about it. And, 
And, uh, and, and you know what, Adriana, I think this is a topic that, that we need to continue talking about on this show. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and I know Diana will definitely come back. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Perfect. So again, pick up a copy of Diana's book, Raw. It was published in September 2017. You can get it through Amazon.com. Um, you can also listen to previous shows at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. We're going to close out with, um, let's go with Heartbreaker by Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan from the United Kingdom. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned to social media and to the show page for um you know, for different information and upcoming shows. And uh, we thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. I've got to say it and it's hard for me. You've got me crying like I thought I'd never say. Love is believing, but you let me down. How can I love you when you ain't around? Get to the morning and you never call Love should be everything or nothing at all It doesn't matter, whatever you do I made a life out of loving you Only to find any dream that I follow is dying I'm crying Why do you have
Not you. 